Content warning. This episode contains mentions of rape. Hello and uh, welcome um, to the most dreaded thing I've ever had to <laughs> ever had to talk about. Um, who uh, you, like, you know you you've clicked on this. You know what you're talking about. Um, who, who else is here to suffer with me? Hi, I'm Michelle, and what the fuck, guys? <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, Listen, when when I remember very clearly, I I have a friend who watches Doctor Who, and I remember asking him, "Should I watch Torchwood?" Torchwood, a while while back, and he said, "Do you want to watch a Doctor Who where they swear and have sex?" And I said, "Not really." And he said, "Then don't watch Doctor Torchwood." Is it? And I thought, he's got to be exaggerating, right? It can't just be. A Doctor Who where they swear and have sex. And then Chris Chibnall and Russell T. Davis were like, but what if it was? What if it was? And I was like, uh. why? <laughs> and they said, because very multiple reasons that will contradict each other and make us both look like absolute idiots. I feel like I feel like we have to start off this conversation about the episode day one with the following interesting tidbit from the TARDIS Wiki. In interviews given in the years since the episode aired, writer Chris Chibnall and executive producer Russell T. Davis have both denied being responsible for the idea of the sex gas monster. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, when it comes to like... (laughs) When it goes to like, who invented the weeping angels? I did. Who invented uh, the, the 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 whatever? I did. Who invented the alien sex gas monster? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> a monster, a monster so iconic. His tardis, their tardis wiki name is Sex Gas. <laughs> they have never been used again. Let me put it like this: Doctor Who, a show where if you have a monster that's a fart, it will get a box, fin- a big finished box set. Did not use. They created a monster that nobody in Doctor Who wanted to use. <laughs> like Big Finish was like, we are not interested in the sex gas. <laughs> Big Finish <laughs> was not interested in the sex gas. Nobody uh. put out some obscure novel about the sex gas. It wasn't even referenced. There isn't any other mention of the sex gas in any other piece of <laughs> Doctor Who fiction. Like. What an accomplishment to create a monster that nobody cares. Nobody wants to ever see again. And guess what? It's an episode two of your TV show. Congratulations, guys. Well, day one broadcast, October 22nd, 2006, directed by Brian Kelly. We spoke about him last week. Let's get into it. A um, little bit of inside baseball. We're recording this today. Chris Chibnall officially announced he is leaving 
the show. Yeah. Um, so it's time really to there. I want I want to talk about Chris Chipmunk because it's a very interesting career that will tie into and explain why he left so early. So he starts out as a floor manager on Sky Sports, uh, which is an interesting way for him to start his career. Um, obviously, you take what you can get in TV because it's TV. It's the way, the way it works. He moves into an administrative role at an experimental theater company. Uh, he writes plays on the side. And then he ultimately decides, okay, look, I want I want to be a writer. I don't want to be, you know, an, an office admin. So he leaves that job and he takes a break in full time. He uh he writes plays uh here and there, but he develops a TV show called Born and Bread, which ran on the BBC from two thousand two to two thousand five. Um see through the end. He writes for Life on Mars. Um, written uh, cross created by Matthew Graham, writer of Dear Her, the best episode to ever be written. Um, he tries he tries to develop the TV show Merlin for the BBC, which eventually gets made without him. He is chosen by Dick Wolf to be the showrunner and main creative uh, force on Law and Order UK, which stars Peter Davison Wait. and Freema Adjaman. Uh, oh shit! The, I gotta watch that. Bradley Walsh, which is where he meets Bradley. Oh Walsh. shit! I gotta watch that. Um, he leaves after one season. Oh. Uh, he moves into uh, show running uh, the Stars TV show Camelot. Um, he leaves after one season. It's cancelled oh. after one season, but he 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 says even if it was renewed, he was leaving. Um, he comes back to the UK. And he's, he show runs series one and two of Torchwood. He also writes uh, 42, the th- series three episode, which takes place in real time. He writes the Silurian two-parter. He writes um, Dinosaurs on a Spaceship and uh, The Power of Three, which famously runs into the motherload of production issues in which... Uh, the villain literally refuses to perform any of his lines in the episode and he had to cut around it and use uh, behind-the-scenes footage to complete the episode. Um, he also writes Pawn Life, which is the Series 7 prequel where the Ood is on the toilet, which I know you really love. Ood and a loo. <laughs> um, he then develops what is probably his crowning achievement, which is Broadchurch. Um, Broadchurch kind of makes him, I suppose, makes him a household name in a sense. It raises it raises his profile pretty high. Um, you know, he gets three seasons of that. He says, you know, I'll do three seasons, and then, you know, I've seen this through. There's nowhere else to go. And then also he gets the job, sure, in Doctor Who. Um, he brings Jodie Whittaker with him from Broadchurch. He brings Bradley Walsh with him from Law and Order UK. Uh, and I'll say today, it's announced after, what, technically three seasons, not quite three seasons that he's going to leave again, tying into this idea that if he if he is hired to do a show, he will invariably leave the show pretty early um, for reasons that are never really quite explained, but always kind of boiled down to he, he kind of has creative differences with whoever else is kind of running the show. But yeah, he... 
I think I think he is kind of unfairly seen. Like I think he he has delivered good stuff. Um, I think he kind of has a problem, and it's very apparent in this, and it's also very apparent in his show ran who episodes. Um, he's a problem with with getting dialogue to sound kind of natural. Um, but I think he's very unfairly treated. Having said that, much like Harriet Jones, he should be in front of the Hague every day of his life, answering questions about why why he decided to to do this. Because in addition to, I mean, I want to talk a bit more before we do anything like plot wise. Originally, this was going to be a very much more comedic episode. Oh, that would have fixed it. Um, but what happened is, what happened is, apparently, uh, the comedic stuff got in the way of the plot. So oh, they said, no. They said, they said, let's cut the comedic stuff out. Um, for uh, the, I say this because one of the ideas he has paints this episode in, I mean, I think it's already painted in a fairly uh, repugnant light. I think it, it has some very strange misogynistic undertones about like the idea of, you know, female sexuality and stuff like that. I mean, for starters, um, there's a scene where it's implied that she rapes a gay man. Yeah. Uh, because uh, and, that's fucked and, up. Yeah. <laughs> and she, she also, you know, she rapes her, her boyfriend as well, her ex-boyfriend as well. Um, yeah. And kills him. But the thing is that like originally, her character is meant to have two or three boyfriends, not just one. And that it was going to be revealed that she had two or three boyfriends. And um, they only got cut because they couldn't schedule scenes to shoot that reveal, that whole thing. Um, I just, I feel like, I feel like the, we'll we'll, we'll do the gist of it and I can can talk more about it. Uh, I also want to talk about uh, a quote that Russell has about this one. That you 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 show me it before I found the whole thing, um, but okay, I'll do that to the gist. So the gist of this is that Gwen accidentally accidentally um. <laughs> this sounds. <laughs> if no, you said you this please to say anyone, it. Please say it. Gwen okay. accidentally unleashes Gwen, a. Gwen accidentally accidentally throws a, a a tool at a big stone that unleashes a gas that feeds off orgasm energy. And it goes around killing people, and then it gets captured and dies. Uh, and right. that is, yeah. So the quote that he, that Russell T. Davis says is, when you're launching a new adult science fiction drama, it's kind of inevitable that you're going to do the sex monster. But this, he goes on to say, this is solely, this is not solely about having a laugh with sex gas, but also having something to say about the world. And I cannot for the life of me what are you saying, what? Russell? Yeah. What, <laughs> what are you saying? What are you saying? Please tell me. What are you saying? What are you trying to say with this? Like, what? What is it? Like, what is the point you're trying to convey with the alien sex monster? Because I mean, all right, f- fuck it. Let's fucking break this down. All right, okay. So there's a gas. All right, fine, whatever. There's a gas. It goes into a, a woman, and whenever people have sex with her, they turn into dust, and she feeds off their energy. Cool, whatever. Let's just break this down for a second. So you're saying the gas feeds off orgasmic energy. Right. Why can't she masturbate? 
whatever she then she goes and she tries to fuck Gwen, but then she's like it's not enough you have to be a man like what like women could give each other women orgasms that's stupid like if but who's having the if the people if the person who's having sex with her dies who's having the orgasm in the first place like what are you trying to say are you trying to say that uh, then the, the alien is like i came to your planet because uh oh sex here is like a hit is like a drug and i'm addicted to it and it's like okay so you're trying to tell us that like we are so sexualized that other aliens come here for sex tourism but like the alien is very clearly doing this because it needs to survive that's like not sex tourism and it makes no sense. Like there's this scene where she's walking through the, the, the city and she sees all these images of, of like uh, half naked men or people kissing in the streets. And it's like, are you trying to say that this is turning her, the alien on? And that's what made the alien come here. But the alien didn't come here. The alien was accidentally unleashed when Gwen broke the ship. So what does the, <laughs> what the hell does all that mean? Like, what are you trying to say? Like, is the alien supposed to represent our desire to be sexually free? It's, it, because yeah. the alien is not, because again, the alien is not, the part that really doesn't make sense, the alien is not fucking like taking over the woman and making her more sexually promiscuous. She's literally, he's literally, the alien is just literally using the woman as a vessel. So like, what are you trying to say? It ah! it, it just it it feels very like uh, it, it 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 feels very <laughs> it feels very misogynistic and very much like an episode written by two men. Um, who, right, and who, also who, yeah. like the counter the counterpart of they clearly were like, okay, we need to have this poor girl being taken over by the sex gas because then we have Gwen's desire to save people counterpart the Torchwood's desire to kill. Uh, the aliens that come into this planet. All right, okay. But every time Gwen says, you guys have lost your humanity, the torture people go, actually, we're just waiting until the results of our scan come by. So, like, you're just exaggerating this for no reason. Uh, oh, my God. And then at the end, it's like... Oh, what? The end... Okay, so there's this whole plot line of Gwen keeps messing up. And because she's messing up, she has to try and fix what's happening. But the episode is resolved by Jack throwing that thing Owen had out of his pocket and capturing the thing and killing it. So there's there's like no kind of like there's there's no kind of logical tie up to that thing, which I guess is subverting the expectation that they had. That I spoke about last time with the the whole like torture being kind of known and unknown. Um, the known unknown, Tom Rumsfeld. Um, <sighs> You know what this is? Yeah. This is uh, Fear not, Her, but with her sex. It's not, because like, Fear is good. This is, this is toxic slop. This is the plot of Fear Her, but for sex. It's not. Right? right? It it's is, not. though. It's not. It's not. It's not. What it is, is it's... Like, I know you said that they, they both have denied ownership of the idea of the sex gas. I also found a quote where Chris Chibnall said, I, I, it's my idea. I couldn't tell you where it came from. And it quite clearly came from the idea that, oh, we're post-Warshed. We can do a funny episode where a character uh, has sex and kills people. But uh, it's it's just, it's like this very kind of backwards idea towards, you know, what you want to call it. It feels very puritanical. Uh, it feels very much like <laughs> a family show having a spin-off 
pointing out why it could never be like its spin-off um in a strange way it's it it like it's it's toxic slop it over like you you touched on the stuff with with uh Karis and the gay man and her ex-boyfriend it brushes over the implications of all that so quickly and plays it off as a joke it just feels very like it feels like there was a lot like there was a line that it crossed definitely but it feels very very like oh, i don't know it, it it's like you know what it, you it know is, what it reminds me of yeah. you know what it reminds me of um what? poison ivy the the whole idea that poison ivy has like a has like a uh, like a, a mind controlling pheromones, which she uses to get men to go all for her and all that. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. and and the thing is, the thing is that like Poison Ivy knows what she's doing, and she's doing it on purpose to con- to control people to get what she wants, right? Like Poison Ivy is not like I can't help it. I just I just men I just make men go. Whenever I go, like she's doing it on purpose. This girl, woman, whatever, in the episode, she's like most of the episode. Whatever the focus is on her, it's like I can't control it. I can't fight it. I'm losing it. So it's and and so it's this. We're really you. It's really like we're dealing with this alien who never really gets explored, right? They never, they never t- explore it. They never explore it, and they never talk about what that thing is. And again, like I said. No one ever brought that thing uh, back up. No one is like, I want to make write the book about the alien sex gas because it's like there's nothing there. It's an interesting. It's absolutely an interesting. It's like it feels very, very um, unsavory with like deep yeah. analysis beyond. It's just a funny episode about sex gas. Um, can we? St- Jack's character in this is like it, it, it's it's like. Oh, I can't even describe it. It, it. He comes in and he does like, uh, like I, I, my idea of Sex in the City is through, um, the clip from the second movie where uh, Kim Cattrall says Lawrence of My Labia, but it feels he he feels very much like the kind of character who comes in and just goes like, well, look at that, or well, what happened there? Like, it's, like very kind of like catty one liner, Spencer machine, much more than he ever does. Um. It's this, it's this weird thing that I don't know. It's it's this weird thing that Chibnall does in other episodes where characters come in and say just completely bizarre, like very expository stuff, like straight faced, and then just leave the scene. That keeps just happening again and again and again. Like I, it's just like we spoke last week about Owen as a character as well. And Owen in this episode is just like poison on top of the poison we already have from this entire thing. And it's just like rarely has my like my blood boiled watching an episode of anything to do with the show than it has with this. Like every like literally from minute one. Like it builds and builds as builds this like genuine anger I have towards you know 
the ideas that are running through this episode. And to be fair to them, I I I do think they do they do kind of acknowledge. Don't, don't be fair. To them. Don't I'm, be fair to them. <laughs> I'm not gonna be fair to them, but like I do think they they well maybe not openly. I do think they they know. I, I would like to think they know the problems of this beyond the, the fact that like none of the ideas that go into it like from you know it has like three it has like three or four different plot threads and like ideas it's trying to explore that don't really mesh and don't really work beyond those structural ideas like the kind of the not not so much the moral ideas but like the like the ideas it's kind of spewing about or espousing spewing it's kind of espousing about this and the other i think they i would hope they had an idea of what they kind of maybe unintentionally were saying um but also saying that knowing the culture behind the show at this time onset obviously um and offset with what was, everything that was happening with various individuals you know it just it just does sound like this was a very toxic place to work for and a very toxic production cycle to find yourself a part of um and I, I, I guess I, I guess I kind of have to hope that like what is going into this episode on a subtextual level is not what was going through the minds of the people who wrote it and produced it at the time. I don't think anyone who writes a sick a sex gas episode cares about anything other than sex gas. By the way, yeah. uh, message out there, dear science fiction writers, we get it. This is hard. It's complicated. Coming up with a new idea every week takes a lot of time. I just want you to kindly reach into your hearts and never write a fucking sex gas episode ever again. Can I don't want to see a sex <laughs> gas in the rest of my life. It is a stupid idea. Don't well, do sex gas. No, but can I, can I say, like, the setup for it being released is one of the sweatiest. Right. Kind of, she, yeah. She, she, she throws a, a pick at, at, at Owen, like an actual, like, Seriously damaging object at Owen. Owen dodges obviously, but the way it like it lodges into the thing at the perfect angle. Uh, oh God! You know what? I would. I, I, I would... just. I just. Sorry, I just realized that, that it might have been a joke because she threw a phallic uh, symbol into a hole in the rock that released. Oh, shut up! I. I mean. I totally defend. In that case, I defend Gwen because I would also throw a pickaxe I mean, at you, Owen, you would, Owen Harper's you, face. You would try murder him, yeah. Owen Harper literally does sexual harassment in this episode. Like uh, Gwen <laughs> yeah. is trying to figure out the truth, the 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 thing, and Owen's like, "I'd fuck you ten ways to Sunday," and it's like, yeah. "What the fuck, man? It's fuck I'm, off." It is honestly just absolutely baffling that they decided this would be the character they they would go for forward with. But like, it's like, yeah, like as you're saying, you, you would you would want to murder Owen. You would really want to just like completely destroy it. Here's where I'm at. Here's where I'm at. Okay. Um, if I was watching this by myself, I would promptly go on the internet and look look up which when the torch would get good and skip directly <laughs> to that episode. Uh, or and, and if the answer was you have to watch these and this and this, that, I would just stop watching it for now. <laughs> but because I have a service to fill fulfill for the listeners. I will not do that, but I should. I should make it clear that if I was watching this in real life, 
this will be the moment where I give up. So <laughs> oh. be very careful about what's happen what's gonna happen next because I I David Listen, you're you're gonna you're, I, I have a feeling the next maybe two, oh, no. three or four weeks you're you're gonna be I mean there are there are episodes I think in series one that are good. But I do think for the most part it's really one of those cases of like, why would you decide to do this for the show? Um, especially this one coming up. Um, if you look at well, don't look at Chipman's uh, record for this, but Chipman's record for this show is fairly dismal. There's episode and there's an episode he wrote that people like, I think is just one of the not so much the worst, but one of like the most depraved. In, in a in a kind of like in a in a sicko mode depraved way, um, one of the most kind of sicko mode depraved things the show was ever ever put the paper uh, that Chibnall wrote that I think is just absolutely bizarre. Um, it, it feels yeah. like one of those like like it feels like a joke, right? Like like you would like you would be like, oh, what is like. What if Doctor Who fucked? What if what if the doctor found an alien who fucks? Like that's what it feels like. It feels like a fucking joke. Like 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 you. This feels like fan fiction. You know, it feels like oh yeah. here's a, here's a here's an alien who has fucking sex, and the doctor's like fuck. I wanna fuck that alien. Oh, thank you for uh, highlighting my fanfic. Uh. Doctor Who, this ain't Doctor Who, a triple X experience. Um, yeah, look, you want to play the TARDIS game? Yeah, do you want to get away from the slop into yeah. uh, into a special a special edition of Real or Made? Real or Made? Into a special edition Real or Fake on Made Torchwood. Um, I found that this, uh, this pages for Torchwood and Sergio Adventures on that Wikipedia page. Um, so I'm going to read you a, a plot summary. I want you to guess if it's a, a real pitched idea that wasn't made or if it was a fake one I made up. Um, so this one is called Checkout and it's pitched as Die Hard in a Supermarket where an evil rift demon possesses a shop and one customer is standing between it and certain death, requiring the team's help. Is this real or is this fake? Real. Is it is real. It is written by Torchwood's answer to uh Paul Cornell, uh Joseph Lidster, who writes I think he, he might have written uh, an episode two of Sarah Jane. He wrote he wrote a lot of Big Finish, uh famously on the page with Prince Philip on the TARDIS Wiki. Uh <laughs> one of the lines is uh writer Joseph Lidster was reading a book when he found out that uh Prince Philip had died because he tweeted saying, like, I was reading this book and I found out the news that Prince Philip had died. <sighs> Very strange episode. Um, right. Uh, yeah. Alien sex gas. And in honor of the alien sex, sex gas, I'm going to deliver the outros as if I'm about to climax. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not actually <laughs> going to do that. Uh, <laughs> listen, if you guys want to listen, hear us talk, hear me talk about Fullmetal Alchemist, or listen to podcasts about X-Files, Scooby-Doo, the MTV Movie Awards, and so much more, go visit FriendlyMush.com. We can promise you there are no alien sex gas, gas episodes in that 
in any of those shows. Actually, there isn't an alien sex gas in X-Files, if I'm thinking correctly. Let me think about it. I, I may be wrong. Give me a second. Uh, no, there is it's not. There has not been a sex gas episode of Los Angeles. Uh, although sex Polans are a very popular, uh, very popular thing in the world of X Files fan fiction. Hmm, that sounds right. But it's probably the same for torture fan fiction. Um, I haven't checked. I have no intention to check at any Don't point. Don't do that to yourself. Yes. Um, but yeah, next time. Hello. Who are you? Can you hear me? I want to go home. Uh, thank you. Uh, let's just dissipate here because there's no point in trying to hold on to this. <laughs>